Welcome to the Simple Church Podcast. We'd like to thank you for taking a few moments out of your day to listen to what God is doing here in Reynoldsburg, Ohio. We hope today's message will be encouraging and uplifting to you. To learn more about Simple Church, maybe you'd like to be our guest for a service, please visit our website at www.simplechurchohio.com. There you'll find more information about us, location, service times, and even online giving opportunities. And now, here's today's message. children, we all laughed 400 times per day. Between, uh, between the time we, we, we were children and, and babies to now, we've dropped down to 15 times per day we laugh or smile. And that stinks. That's no good. That's terrible. I think we need to laugh more. We all like to laugh. Um, so today, I'm going to tell you that as believers, as Christians, I believe we should be laughing more. And if we're not, not only are we missing out on a gift... But I think we're also dropping the ball. And I'll get to that in a minute. Uh, Aaron, can I borrow you for a second? Can you come up here? <laughs> this is, I just, I forgot to take my gum. Oh. I forgot that I, that's not a prank, but I just forgot that I, I forgot to spit my gum out. So <laughs> that does not count. I will get you. And in the anticipation that he has and fear that he has of me getting him back may be better than getting him back. So uh, yeah, just stay on guard. Uh, so real quick, let me tell you who I am. My name is David McCrary. Uh, I have, uh, I'm on staff at my church. I, every Sunday, I, I'm, a ho- I, I'm the host at, at, at my church. So I walk out, I welcome people, and then every Sunday in front of the entire church, I either do some stand-up, or I'll do some magic, or we'll play a game church-wide. We'll do something fun for like 10 minutes just to get people laughing and having a good time. And I'll talk more about that in a little bit. Uh, And uh, like Aaron said, I've done comedy and magic for 23 years now, which is kind of cool, but also very sad. (laughs) I'm 43 and doing magic tricks. I don't know if you've seen that. That's pretty good. Um, So... And here's how nerdy it is that Aaron and I both go to, we're so into magic that we go to magic conventions. And there's a big magic convention in Columbus every year at the end of January. I got a picture. We'll show the picture. Uh, there, that obviously is not the 800, 900 people that show up. That's just hanging out in the lobby at the hotel up on the north side. And I am, you can see me right there kind of squeezing in. And I'm watching this guy here. His name's Juan Tamarez. He's 81 years old, and he will fry you. That's, I mean, he just sat down, and people gathered around because the stuff he does is amazing. So these magic conventions, while from the outside it sounds kind of nerdy, it is, but they're still a blast. Uh, we really, really have a good time at, at those. And for some of you, you may be thinking, all right, we're in church, and, and there's the pastor as magician, the guy he's got talking as magician. You probably shouldn't do magic. So let me explain to you what magic is. Magic is nothing more than sleight of hand. I've been into it for 23 years, never seen anything besides sleight of hand. There's nothing really, honest goodness, nothing evil about it. As a matter of fact, if you're nervous about the idea of magic, how many of you, round of applause, are wearing lace-up shoes right now? Round of applause. You did sleight of hand today. You tying that knot is sleight of hand. You're doing something that the only thing is, everybody knows how it's done. But you, can, you, can you imagine the guy that first walked into a room? People are like, you know what? This guy walks into a room, and he's got 
strings hanging off of his shoes, and he did like this, and it was a bow. It was awesome. That's a magic trick. It's just everybody knows how to do it. Outside of the magic and comedy, I also uh, weekly on Saturdays, I host, there's a game show called Cash Explosion on Saturday nights. I host that. I just like to be in front of people. I want to be in front of people. So uh, I thought I'd do some, I'd do a magic trick for you guys. The problem is, and I feel bad because I know that uh, this is podcast, we, we do, it'll do a podcast. So people that are listening right now, just give me a second, I'm talking to folks listening. Uh, I apologize that you won't be able to see the magic trick that's about to happen because it's, it's good. It was really good, the first service, freaked people out. So uh, you guys, you guys want to see something? You want to see a trick? All right. Like I said, folks, folks listening on podcast, I'm sorry that you, you will not be able to see this, but this is going to be unreal. So just, if you're listening on pod- podcast, just, just hang with me. Guys, I, if you draw your attention to the front of the stage here, you'll see that I have a curtain laid across the uh, front of the stage. Nice, shiny red curtain. That's a big curtain. It took a while to get it in here. Here in a second, I'm going to raise that curtain, and when I drop it, there will be an elephant, a real live three-ton elephant on stage. So all we got to do is raise this up. So if I can get somebody on the other side to help me raise this curtain, I'm going to count down from three to one, and when I get to one, I'll drop the curtain, and there will be an elephant. Raise the curtain. Three, two, one. Ta-da! Yes! Thank you! Thank you so much. Oh, I'm so sorry you guys couldn't see that on the podcast. It was so good. Get the elephant off stage. Oh, the elephant is so big. He's running into the drum. Don't let the elephant run over the drum. to be really impressive when they listen to it. Okay, that was stupid. All right. So here's the deal. Shouldn't we be laughing more? As Christians, I believe we should be living up to that age-old saying, Christians are more fun than a barrel of monkeys. Remember that? You know how everybody says that? No, you don't know how they say because nobody says that. Nobody said Christians are fun. We're judgmental. We're boring. We're angry. We're yeah. At least that's the, world the way, that's the way the world sees us, and that's wrong. Here's my question for you. If we serve a risen Savior that loves us unconditionally, shouldn't we be happy about it all the time? Okay, so we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about that. I'm going to tell you how we should be laughing more, why we should be laughing. I'm going to give you a couple of reasons. The first reason I'm going to explain by using this bottle of glue. Okay, so Aaron and I, Aaron and I uh, went to a magic camp not long ago. Aaron had asked me for a while to go to this magic camp. Two grown men going to a magic camp. It makes sense. It's normal. Uh, up in Canada. So he'd asked me for a while to go, and I could never go, could never go, could never go. Finally, I had a chance that I could go. So he's like, David, when you go up there, you're going to do, uh, do your stand-up show. And he said, I'll open the show. I'll come out, and I'll play some games with the campers. And the campers are like 10 to 20-year-olds. It's a, it's a nerd fest, but it's, it's a good camp. So I decided that I'm going to make Aaron eat glue. Now, this is not real glue. This is marshmallow topping inside an Elmer's glue bottle. So before, I, before we even head up there, I'm like, okay, I'm going to make Aaron eat glue in front of everybody. Now, he knows about this. He knows about this gag, so I tell him, I tell him in advance, I'm like, hey, this is what we'll do. I'll, uh, I'll do the glue gag, and I'll eat it, and I'll be like, hey, 
what campers want to try the glue after I explained to them that it's marshmallow topping? I said, the place will go crazy. Kids will raise their hand. They'll go nuts. I said, you run to the front of the stage. Stage is about twice this high. I'll feed you the glue, and then you take it out and feed the kids. They'll be crazy. They'll love it. And he's like, oh, yeah, that sounds good because I'm stupid. Um, Aaron, come up here so we can all look at you and, and point and laugh as I tell this story. So there he is. Who are you grabbing the mic for? You got stuff to say. I might. <laughs> so, here's what I have to do. Like I said, Aaron knows about this, but in front of him, I've got to switch this out. I have a case that has my stuff in it. I have to switch this glue out for a real bottle. I have to do it without the magician noticing. So, what am I going to do? And I had already told the counselors, because I wanted the counselors, who are like very well-known magicians in the community, I want them to know what's happening while it's happening so they don't have to think back. Yeah, that's funny. That was, he ate that glue. I wanted them to know. So they all know about it. So how do I get Aaron to look away? How do I get him to not pay attention to this? I wrote a joke. I wrote a joke. And the joke goes like this, and I still do it in my stand-up act. I take it out, I eat the glue, and then I say, uh, you know, this isn't, this isn't glue. I have Sebastian is my 15-year-old, but back when he was in elementary school, he has to take his own art supplies to school. So we went to Kroger, and I bought some uh, Elmer's glue, and I cleaned it out, and we bought some marshmallow topping. I dumped out the Elmer's glue, poured the marshmallow topping in there, and I said, buddy, take this to school. When you get there, open it up and eat it. And when your buddies are like, oh, that's disgusting, say, no, it's delicious, try yours. <laughs> he did. They gave him a couple days off, but it was worth it, because that's funny. <laughs> so that's the joke I wrote. That's the joke I wrote. And while I told it, I just did this. I switched the glue out, put the glue back up there, and then genius over here, I'm like, hey, <laughs> anybody want to try the glue? And I can't see anything because light, the spotlight's a really nice theater for a campground, uh, but I can hear him run into the stage. I'm like, this is going to be awesome. This is going to be awesome. And I can kind of hear people chuckling in the back, the, the counselors in This the should just show you how trustworthy or trusting I am and how trusting honorable. Trusting slash stupid. We already yeah. covered that. <laughs> So and don't comes, forget handsome and handsome. And handsome. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so he comes running to the front of the stage, and he's, uh, he's all into it. And I'm like, mm, I'm squeezing as fast as I can. Like, he was the last one to pull a prank, so he deserved this. I'm going, ah. and I'm trying to get as much in as possible before he realized, before it registers on his taste buds. I'm like, ah. And his eyes go from straight up to staring at me like, I'm going to kill you. I'm like, ah. It's real glue. It's real glue. And so I put it down, and he's going, uh, like this, and you know, he's got no napkins or anything. He didn't know. No, the theater, the theater is like <laughs> up in the hills. We're at a camp, and it was like a long walk to a bathroom, a kitchen, or any place that would have been yeah. helpful. So he just he kind of walks out like this. He can't look down because I mean, full mouth of glue, and he's walking back. And he finally, the doors open at the back, and I see him at the back, and the light shining in, and him spitting, spitting this glue out into the parking lot. Uh, and I did it through laughter. I got him to look away. You can sit down. I just wanted them to, one more time, point and laugh at him. <laughs> so, so stupid. So, okay. It's not stupid. He played a log, kind of, without knowing. Uh, so, guys, life is hard. Life is tough. Sometimes you're forced to eat glue. Sometimes it's even worse. As we get older, we go through stuff. You know, you, you, uh, you, you deal with finances, and you deal with uh, health issues and family issues, and you deal with, with Amanda. Thank you for being transparent with us, and tell us what you're going through this week. Uh, we'll keep you guys in prayer. You go through, through death, uh, and, and the cool thing is God gives us, he gives us a, like a, a, 
a first aid kit even, full of stuff that, that uh, we can go to and we can use when he needs, uh, when we need something. And it's full of stuff. There's just a few things that are in here that uh, I, think, I think need to be pointed out. Um, he gives us hope. We all know about hope. If you, if you don't know about the hope that we have in Christ, talk to somebody today. Talk to Aaron. Churches every week talk about hope, at least in one small point. Uh, this makes it in. So we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that. Uh, he gives us relationships. Relationships. Families. Our spouses. Our children. Our coworkers. Our mentors. Our bosses. Our employees. He gives us relationships to help us get through life. I mean, look how happy that fake family looks. That's not a real family. No family is that good looking. Uh, I mean, or the, or happy. No, you can see their smiles. I mean, here's the deal. Here's if you look, step back and look at this whole picture. Like this girl, this little girl right here. She has a, a real brother. That's not him. She has a real brother, probably his age. But they didn't ask him to be in the picture. They found somebody cuter. That poor kid. Uh, so we've got those, and there's other stuff in here. There's one thing I want to point out that's in this that we forget about. There it is. <clears throat> laughter. We forget about laughter. It's in there. We know it's there, but sometimes we forget about it. That's real. That's a real ball. I had to put it down in the corner so it fit. Uh, <laughs> guys, laughter is there to help us get through life. There's pain will come, heartache will come, laughter will help us get through it. If this is a first aid kit, think about uh, the saying, laughter is the best medicine. Have you heard that? That comes from Proverbs. Look, a cheerful heart is good medicine. A cheerful heart, you can't have a cheerful heart and not laugh and not be happy. Laughter is a good medicine. Sometimes, sometimes we forget that. And that through different different points in your life, there are, uh, there, my notes are in there, there are, uh, there are times when you need laughter. So Sebastian, going back to Sebastian, my, he's in ninth grade this year, but last year in eighth grade, I was in the house, he's outside, he comes walking in and he's mad, he's hot, I can tell something's wrong, like, what's wrong, bud? He's like, I just fell off my bike. I'm like, (laughs) okay, you look, are you okay? He's like, yeah, no. I'm like, what's wrong? You don't look hurt. He said, like, no, I, I fell off my bike right on my butt, and it hurt. I'm like, okay. He said, but it was in front of the entire school bus. I'm like, oh. okay, all right. He said, well, they were all laughing. I'm like, well, it's funny. It's funny. I had to remind him, like, that two months earlier, we saw somebody fall on their bike. We saw him get up, and they were okay. A grown man got in some gravel, fell over, and we rolled because it was funny. The guy got up, walked away. It was funny. So I had to remind him, how come it's okay? I had to ask him, how come it's okay that, that, those, that we laughed at that poor guy that fell off his bike, but you did it in front of the school bus, and now it's not okay for them to laugh? He's like, because they're all going to make fun of me at school tomorrow. I said, well, yeah, probably so. I said, laugh back. Crack a joke about it, and it will go away. I promise you. He's like, whatever, Dad. So the next day he comes home, like, hey, did anybody say anything about the... Uh, the, uh, the fall on the bike. He's like, yeah, I walked in and somebody was like, hey, I don't even remember what they said exactly, but hey, you ride a bike much? He's like, yeah, now I like to ride on my butt, so now every time I fart, it hurts really bad. <laughs> Eighth grade humor, but it worked. It diffused the situation. They laughed about it. And nobody said anything else. He got through it through a joke, through laughter. 
It works that way. Guys, high school students, learn to laugh at yourself. I know in high school it's tough to laugh because you're, you're self-conscious, you're, you're insecure, you, got all, you come from child to adult and all these crazy, you just want to be, you just want to be the coolest you can be, but if you can learn to laugh at yourself, you'll get through life so much easier. There's a kid at our church named Donnie Cameron. A group of us went to race go-karts here in Columbus. There's a, there's a great go-kart place down in Columbus. So we go, and there's three races, Every race, Donnie came in last place. I mean, I'm not just talking last place. I mean, Donnie was last. <laughs> like, like, we'd all get off the track, go get a Pepsi, eat some lunch, and then he'd come off track later. That's how slow and how terrible he was. Now, he could do, he could do one of two things. He could come off stage angry, not want to talk. Oh, this is stupid. This is, I don't even know why I came to this. Or he could come off and crack jokes about it, which is exactly what he did. He cracked jokes, had us all laughing. Nobody wanted to tease him about it because he's laughing about it. What's, what's the point? He took away, the, he took away their power. He, here's, here's what he did. So we, we all took, there's 12 of us, and we all took group, a group picture at the end. And he gets down like this, and he wants to hold up how many fingers, like what place he came in. He goes, hey, I need somebody to hold up two more fingers. I was terrible. <laughs> Just that little joke. That's funny. That's funny. Why not laugh about it? Uh, and I'll tell you, I, if, if you guys want to ask me more out here, I will tell you how, I would be more than happy to tell you how brilliant I am. Uh, <laughs> uh, here's, here's, how the, here's how it works. Not, uh, if you take it away from laughter, me and my brother-in-law were in a water battle, a water fight. We had family come over to the house. We were having a cookout. Me and my brother throwing water, water balloons, cups of water on each other, and it got intense. I'm diving into bushes and climbing up on the house. I was on the roof. We had just moved into this house not long before this. That might be why we had the cookout, because we were having a, 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 like an open house type thing. I'm on the roof, so the neighbors are probably like, these are not normal neighbors, and throwing stuff. Uh, and I, I'm, at one point, I'm like, okay, I need to win this. How do, I, how do I win this water battle? So I went inside the house, dressed in whatever I was wearing, shorts and shirt, got into the shower with all the clothes on. And I got, I got drenched. I stayed in there for a couple minutes, make sure everything just soaked. And I come back out, and I don't dry off. I just walk out of the house just dripping. I grab the water balloon and, a, and another cup of water, and I come walking around the house. And he comes running around the house to, to throw a balloon at me, and he stops. He's like, what happened to you? I said, I just got in the shower and drenched myself. He's like, why would you do that? I said, because now you can't win. <laughs> I was right. He's like, well, this is terrible. I'm like, yeah, it is. I start pelting him with water and splashing him. I win the game. I'm like Jack Bauer. It was so cool. Um, so we're all broken. We're all broken. None of us are perfect. Why not laugh about it? Why not have some fun? I mentioned that at, at my church, I do 10 minutes on stage of of comedy or getting people to laugh, and we do that on purpose. And I know sometimes, especially new people that show up, are probably just a bit thrown off by that. But we do that because we know you've had a rough week. We've had a rough week. We're just tired. We need to, what better day than on Sunday to get together, hear some fantastic worship music, hear a message, and then laugh a little bit? What better day than on Sunday to do that? Now, there's been times when, listen, heartache will come, pain will come. God's gift of laughter makes life lighter. There are going to be times when, when you need to laugh. I've been asked a few times to speak at family members' funerals. And I'm asked for one of two reasons. Number one, because I'm a family member. Number two, because they know I'm going to make them laugh. And you may be thinking, that's weird. Why would you, why would you get people laughing at a funeral? 
I'm thinking, why not? Why not laugh through your sorrow if you can? The last one, thank you. I like you. Uh, <laughs> you're, you're cheering and stuff during the music. I like you a lot. Um, the last funeral I did was Nana. And, uh, man, I just did this last service, and I got choked up. And uh, I get up there, and I start talking, and she's there, and I start talking about the way she used to dance and the fact that she was super gullible with magic that I did. She would fall for anything. And I, I, you know, I, I got people laughing. I got people laughing for just a moment. I got them to look away from their sorrow. And the coolest thing about that is me knowing that Nana was a believer, a Christ follower, and me to stand there know that I can talk and that right now in this very moment not even death got the last laugh, that makes me happy. And I can smile through that and I can laugh through that. And it doesn't take away the pain. It still hurt. Nana's still gone. But just looking away for a moment and laughing through God's gift of laughter made life lighter. Man. It's good stuff. It's good stuff. Um, This is exactly why I believed Jesus laughed. I believe Jesus laughed because he went through the same sorrow, the same heartache, the same pain that we all go through, so why wouldn't he laugh just a bit? And you may be saying, you know what? It doesn't say in the Bible that Jesus laughed. You're right, but it also doesn't say that he didn't. I think it's just as fair for me to assume that he did, especially when it says that laughter is the best medicine. I think it's just as fair for me to assume that he did as somebody to assume that he didn't. So laughter is a good medicine for you, and it's good to give to others. Check this verse out. In Matthew, uh, the Pharisees saw this, and they said to his disciples, why is your teacher eating with the tax collectors and sinners? Okay, so the Pharisees, the religious leaders, didn't like Jesus. They didn't like what he was teaching. They didn't like how he was teaching. They wanted nothing to do with him. They wanted to catch him and make him look bad. So they go to the disciples because he's, he's hanging out. He's hanging out with people that if, like, later today, you saw me somewhere in Reynoldsburg hanging out with some of these people, you'd be like, oh, we probably shouldn't have had him at church today. He's probably he's not a very good guy. Look who he's hanging out with. That's who Jesus is hanging out with. So when Jesus hears this, this is what he says. It is not those who are healthy who need a physician, but those who are sick. Guys, he came to heal the sick and reach the lost, and he's a fantastic physician. So if we look at that, we think, all right, what would a physician use? They'd use medicine. Well, just a moment ago, we read that a cheerful heart is good medicine. Why can't you combine those two and know that at some point Jesus had to use laughter to get his message across? You, you can't tell me that Jesus didn't laugh. You can't tell me that. I won't believe it because, listen, he went through the heartache and he went through that time, but also he's hanging out with 12 very rough-around-the-edges disciples. We're not talking, he, wasn't, he didn't pick religious leaders to follow him around. He picked tax collectors, fishermen, just tough, crazy guys. You can, I guarantee you, as they're sitting around the campfire, they're cracking jokes, and they're having fun. I promise you that. Um, I played Jesus in an Easter cantata at my church. I've got a picture of it. There I am. I'm the one on the right, uh, <laughs> just so you know. And that is, honest to goodness, that is my real hair. Uh, not, not on my head, oh, the chest hair. The chest hair is real hair. <laughs> <laughs> this would be a weird podcast. Uh, 
But one of the most important things I think I did when I played Jesus was I laughed and I smiled. And I told the guys playing my disciples, I'm like, guys, if we're sitting around in the scene and the choir's singing and we're just kind of acting stuff out, if you see me laughing, I want you to laugh. From time to time, you laugh and I'll laugh at whatever you say because I want people to see a real Jesus, a real 100% human Jesus because I believe if we think that he didn't laugh, that makes him less than 100% human. And when you start talking like that, you get yourself in trouble. He's 100% human, 100% God. I don't know how it works, but it does. That's God. So we're laughing, we're having fun. I want people having fun and understanding that Jesus was, people loved him, people gathered around him. He's not a miserable person. Look at the Jesus of Nazareth from 1970. Remember that movie? You guys remember that movie? That Jesus was terrible. I mean, he was, he was, I mean it's probably a good actor, but he, was, he never smiled. He looked stoned half the time, and I hated that. It drove me crazy that they portrayed Jesus like that. Now, if you go to The Passion, the movie The Passion, there's a scene in there that had me crying long before they took him to the cross. It was a flashback scene when he's building a table and his mom comes out and washes his hands and she splashes him and they both laugh. <laughs> Dude, I lost it. Tears. I'm like, that's brilliant. That's Jesus. That's Jesus. Not this 1974 hippie Jesus. I just, he laughed. And, and here's the deal. Guys, I find a lot of laughter. I find a lot of humor in everything. I try to. Sometimes it drives my wife crazy that I find this humor. But uh, if you take, for example, take a Bible story. We'll go with the, uh, the story where Jesus is hanging out in the courtyard and the Pharisees, once again, trying to make him look bad, come to him with, uh, uh, they've got a prostitute. They throw the prostitute down in front of him and say, Jesus the law says to stone her because we caught her in the act of adultery. What do you say we do? So Jesus steps back and bends down and writes something in the dirt. And a lot of people think it may have been the Ten Commandments because of what he's about to say. He stands back up and he says, uh, okay, whoever's without sin, you cast the first stone. Now that's powerful. That's good. And if you stop there, that's all we need. But me, I like to find humor, so I step back and I think, all right, how do those disciples, those disciples standing around, how do they react? Like I said, these rough around the edges disciples, you think they were like, mm, teacher is very wise. That was good. He really stuck it to those disciples, or those Pharisees. Or do you think they're like this? Oh, no, he didn't. Oh, did you hear what Jesus just said? Look at the Pharisees running off. They had, look, did you see the face on that one? That was awesome. That's the way I see it. That's the way I see it. And that's, maybe that happened that way, maybe it didn't, but that's my interpretation. And how about this? How often does Jesus say, verily, verily, I say unto you? He says that a lot in the Bible. And when I see that, verily, verily, I say unto you, I see, okay, guys, hold up a second. I got to say something serious now. That's what I see when I see that. Almost like, like right above that, you'd be like, fun games, joking around, being silly. Verily, verily, I say unto you, serious stuff that makes it into the Bible. <laughs> that's, that's what I see. For example, for example, uh, what about when Jesus walked on the water? Okay, think about this. You, got, you know what the scene is. You've heard it a million times, but let's, let's, get, let's get real. Let's pretend we're there watching in. So this boat's going crazy. The disciples are freaking out. They look out, and they think they see a ghost because they're out in the middle of the, in the, of the, of the lake, and it's, it's a ghost. So that right there had to make Jesus laugh. He's like, 
<laughs> These guys are scared to death. This is funny. So as it gets closer, they realize it's Jesus. Jesus. So like, oh wow, this is cool. So Peter's like, wait a minute. I want to do that. Can I? Can I come out there and walk on the water? Can you help me do that? And Jesus is like, yeah, come on out. Just keep your eyes on me. So Peter's all excited and steps over, and his disciples, the other disciples are probably like, whoa, this is this is crazy. Is this going to work? So he's like, oh, oh, oh. he steps over. Oh, oh, I'm walking on water. I'm walking on water. It's like he turned into Brian Regan. I don't know if you guys know who that is, but he's like, oh, oh, and then he takes his eyes off Jesus, maybe water splashing him in the face or something. He takes his eyes off Jesus, and he starts to sink. Jesus reaches down, picks him up, throws him back on the boat. You know the disciples were laughing at him. You know they were like, dude, you are drenched. You're going to be so cold. Oh, it's going to be miserable for you. And Jesus is like, yeah. Did you see the look on his face? He thought he was going to drown. But uh, verily, verily, I stand to you. You need more faith. <laughs> That's how it works. That's what that is. That's what that is. All right. So here's the deal. Jesus came to heal the sick and reach the lost, and we're called to do the same thing, and we're not going to be able to do it if we're miserable. How are we going to tell somebody about the hope and the faith and the joy we find in Christ if we can't show it ourselves? I still like you. Even more. Even more. (laughs) Um, But it's true. Guys, Aaron talked about coming up to the table uh, with when he did magic and not getting much from us. And like he said, that was due to the fact that my family, and I, I told them afterwards, like, guys, you got to show a little bit of interest when you see magic from other people. I said, uh, but the lack of interest that he saw was because uh, they had all seen the stuff. I'd shown them a million times this stuff, so they'd seen magic before. I just wanted to see who, who was working at the uh, Max and Irma's down the road. That's why we went. Uh, but there's times when I'm hired to do uh, an event. I, I do a lot of strolling magic where a, a, a company will hire me to come into their there at a cocktail hour or a social hour or something like that and walk around and do magic for groups of people. And there's times when I walk up to somebody, it doesn't happen very much, but occasionally I walk up to a group of people and there's every once in a while one person that is just absolutely miserable. I'm not talking like this person may be going through the time to mourn because the Bible says there's time to mourn and that's important. It's time to, there's time to mourn. You need to get through life uh, that way, but there's also, you don't stop there. You don't stop at mourning. You go on and remember that there's time to laugh. There's time to laugh through your mourning and that will help get you through it. But I, I walk up to these people and I'm like, this, this guy is miserable. He doesn't seem happy. There's no personality. So you know what I do? I do a lot less magic. I may plan to walk up to this group and do 10 minutes of magic, but I find out that, okay, I'll do one trick, and if I can't win this person over, I'm leaving because I don't want to be around them. I don't want to be. Name one unhappy person you want to be around. You can't. You don't want to be around unhappy people. So your joy will draw people to you, and then you bring people to Christ. That's how it works. So you may be thinking, okay, David, this is great, but you do comedy for a living because comedy is important to me. Making people laugh is important. Obviously, I get paid to do it, but it's also important for me to, I want people to look at me and know that there's something different about me without them, without me having to tell them right off the bat. I want them to look at me and think, I want whatever that joy is that's coming from this guy, I want that. So, you may be thinking, but I'm not a comic. I don't do stand-up. I can't, I'm not, I'm not a funny person, and that's okay. Just be fun. Be fun. If you're fun, the funny will happen and the laughs will come. And I will go as far as to say, be childlike in your fun. 
You know, we hear all the time that Jesus talking to disciples, disciples telling them, look, I want you guys to be like the children. Be humble like the children. Have faith like the children. I guarantee you when Jesus watched the children play and laugh, he smiled. You know, when I hear Sebastian, my 15-year-old, uh, laughing and having a good time, it makes me smile. I've got a stepson who now makes, he's, uh, I've been a, now a grandpa for uh, two years. When I hear Aniston laugh, my granddaughter, I laugh. That's one of the best sounds in the world. So when we laugh, God hears it. God hears it. So we need to laugh more and we need to have fun. So here's what I would suggest you do. Be childlike in your fun. I talked about the go-karts earlier. The go-karts, <laughs> the go-karts are, they're in downtown Columbus. It's 50 bucks for three races. It's kind of, kind of expensive, uh, but for 300 bucks, I, I found out that you can race unlimited for an entire month, unlimited. So I'm like, okay, I gotta do this. Cause it's like 18 races. If you did $50 and 300, that's 18 races. I can get that in in a day. So I need to go talk to Tab, my wife who keeps me grounded. Uh, that's why I'm bringing this up. You, you're gonna have childlike fun. You still need somebody to keep you grounded. So I, I'm thinking, okay, I'm gonna go to her and I'm gonna tell her that I wanna do this for 300 bucks. And she's probably gonna say, okay, but we shouldn't be spending money on go-kart races. There's other stuff. We could be paying off some bills, this. And how am I gonna, how am I gonna answer that? I said, oh, I know. I'll tell her, you know, I've been doing a lot of, I've had a lot of shows the past few months. Uh, money's been coming in really nice. And uh, I think I deserve to go and race go-karts. That's what I'll say to her. So I go to her when the time's right. I'm like, hey, hon, um, I just happened to notice last time I was at the go-kart place uh, that, you know, for $300, I can race unlimited for the month, which means like on Wednesdays, because I really don't do much on Wednesdays, I can race all day on Wednesdays. Fridays, most of the time I'm off and not doing anything, so I can race all day Friday. And then Saturdays, occasionally I'm booked, but you know, Saturday during the day, I can go and race all day. And then Sunday, you like to take a nap after church. I just want to get out of your hair. I'll go, I'll go race. How's that sound? She goes, mm, I'm not sure you should do that. I'm like, I'm ready for this. Okay, and why is that, Tab? She goes, because you are a grown man with responsibilities. I'm like, oh, oh yeah, I forgot about that part. I had nothing to do with the money. Okay, fine. I'll just go occasionally for 50 bucks. Guys, be childlike in your fun, and the fun will happen, the, the happy will happen, the laughs will come. I have two things I want to leave you with. One is a quote. Listen close, this is good. Is our lack of joy due to the fact that we are Christians or to the fact that we are not sufficiently Christian? I'm going to read that again. Is our lack of joy due to the fact that we are Christians or to the fact that we are not sufficiently Christians. You know who said that? Paul Tillich. Paul Tillich, I believe, passed away in 1965. And that's all I know about him. I Wikipedia'd him. I don't know who he is, but that's a good quote right there. That is a good quote. So I'm going to wrap up everything with a verse. This one. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Matthew 5, 14. Guys, we need to shine. People are looking at you. People know, hopefully people know about the relationship you have with Christ. So they're watching you. You may not realize how intently they're watching you, but they're watching you. Let them see you shine through laughter, through joy, through that comfort we know that we get through Christ and the hope he's given us. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for all you've done for us. Thank you for the gifts 
you've given us to get us through life. Uh, thank you for uh, you know the ultimate gift, your son, sending your son to die for us. Uh, you know, a week from today we're going to be celebrating that. Uh, actually, a week from today <laughs> we're going to celebrate the victory. Uh, we love you for that. Thank you so much for all you do for us. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Show some love to my man, David McCreary. I'd like to invite our uh, service hosts to come forward at this time.